So uh-huh. you know how you owe 72, which would get paid off anyway? Uh-huh. Rather than pay that off, I just take it over. So then I'm responsible for that loan now, and I make the payments, and then give you the difference in cash still at closing. As a wholesaler and a flipper, most of the offers I make and the deals I do are for all cash. But I also love to use creative financing to get deals with little to no cash. In fact, I just got this deal using a creative financing technique known as Subject 2. And on this video, I'm going to break it down and show you how I did it. So get ready to watch me get a Subject 2 deal from a private seller coming up. For a limited time, you can get a free copy of Jerry Norton's Virtual Flipper Kit with everything you need to flip houses without seeing them in person. Download it now at virtualflipperkit.com. If you're new here, I'm Jerry Norton and I went from dead broke to millionaire flipping houses and after doing a thousand deals, I created this channel to help you master the art of wholesaling and flipping real estate so you can live your dream life. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell icon to get notified when new videos are released. Buying a property and taking over the existing loan is called Subject 2. And on this video, you're going to look over my shoulder and watch me get a Subject 2 deal from a private seller. And if you're a wholesaler, I want you to pay special attention to this video. Learning how to put together creative financing deals like Subject 2 will make you a better wholesaler. Remember, you can wholesale Subject 2 deals. Once you structure the Subject 2 deal, just assign the deal to a buyer for a fee just like a regular wholesale deal. And you can wholesale subject to deals for a premium because your cash buyer can get into the deal with much less cash, making that deal that much more desirable. By the way, subject to is just one of several methods for doing creative financing deals. So be sure to get my creative financing guide which shows you several other ways to structure creative deals. Now I'll give this to you for free. Just go to creativefinancinghacks.com. Okay, so let's dive into my subject to deal that I just put together. This is the deal in one of my remote markets, and this lead came from a pay-per-click ad on Facebook, which is one of our marketing channels. So the seller saw my ad, filled out a form, then my cold callers called that lead, made an appointment with my acquisitions manager, and then I decided to take the lead and talk directly to the seller. So real quick, the seller is Barb, and she's divorced but getting back together with her ex-husband and wants to sell her house, move in with her ex, and then eventually buy a new house together that has more land because they breed and sell Rottweilers. I couldn't make this stuff up, guys. Take a listen. So so your house in Marysville, you would prefer to sell that house? Yes. Okay, and then... Maybe move to the other to your husband's house in in Harrison, or yep. buy something new together, or whatever. Well, you know, we probably move. I probably move in down there, depending on how fast if we can work something out. Oh, so so then at least you got a place to go until you figure out, yeah, yeah what to do. Okay, yeah. okay, that makes I mean, a I don't lot of sense. Go through the the mess of you know having a realtor and having showings and. You know, I mean, my house is a mess, basically, right now, uh-huh. because I'm stuck here all the time, but I'm working, I work from home. Yeah. So, by by this time at night, I'm not wanting to have dust. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I've been putting stuff in boxes and going yeah. through clothes and donating, so there's stuff all over my house, like in the spare, well, in the office and mm-hmm. then in my room. It's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed about these pictures. Yeah. But, well, I mean, so. the good news is, the good news is, Barbara, is none of that matters to me, you know, like, we buy as is, 
exactly how it is. You know, there's no issues there whatsoever with, with like with on market with an agent, they would want to show it and it would need right. to be. And you got to clean it up, you know. Every showing. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Take good pictures and get get it all, and then usually they want you to fix some things, you know. So it. Oh yeah. Or a buyer will want you to fix things, and so yeah, there's. I mean, you know, the the benefits of on market are you get more eyeballs on it, so sometimes you get a higher price, but then you turn around and you pay commissions. Exactly, and then you lose all that. I used to sell real estate. I don't know if you're. Not oh, you so you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the so. cha- the challenge though is when you go the cash buyer route, like someone like me is, you know, I need to buy it at enough of a discount to then go in and you know do work oh, yeah. and I all of that. that. Yeah. Now notice how right away she reveals her motivation to sell off market to an investor at a discount instead of listing it with a real estate agent. This is important because there is always a reason why a seller doesn't hire an agent and list their property to get market value. She said she works from home and her house is a mess and she doesn't want to have to clean it up and make it show ready. So I pointed out the benefits of selling at a discount to an investor like me instead of going on market with an agent. She said she used to be in real estate and she gets it. So next, she started to talk about comps and value. Now, this was actually very exciting for me because it let me know that I'm dealing with a logical person who is willing to look at data so that we can have an intelligent conversation about the value of her home. So following her lead, we went head on into a conversation about comps in her neighborhood. Now, I referenced several comps and I explained to her why those comps were similar to her house and what they sold for, and this allowed me to establish that market value with her. This was about a 15-minute part of the conversation, so I'm not gonna play that whole thing, but let's cut to a few minutes so that you can get the idea. Um, There was a house smaller than this one, square footage-wise, and it didn't even have a two-car garage. It is sold for $190. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, since you're kind of aware of what's going on, can I kind of talk to you about what I'm seeing and, and then maybe we'll sure. see if we're seeing the same thing. But what I do is I, I've done a search right now in your immediate neighborhood. So so the, the street's kind of north of 6th and a little bit south of 6th. And then I've stayed, you know, west of Michigan, north of Gratiot. And mm-hmm. then what's that other major? Yeah, just kind of right there. Now, you are on 6th Street, but that's... it's. Not a side street, so there's a little bit of an issue there. Just so I'm looking here, just one street up off of your side street on Cardinal, there's a there's a house that sold for 190, but it's a four bedroom, two bath, and it's a like a big bungalow. Um, there's one also on that street that's a little smaller, 1200 feet. It's a three two ranch like yours with a two car. It sold for 157. Uh, there's another what one. What's the square footage on that? Uh, almost 1,200. Okay. Yep, and that sold for 157. I can give you the address if if you want to look these up. But yeah, I do. I'd like to see. Okay, what, it's know, it's literally it's literally your backyard, like that street back there. It's that one sold earlier this year, and then there's another one over on Colorado, which is you know right down the street. Mm-hmm. That one got 168. In my filter, what I did is I put. Between a thousand and fifteen hundred, and then I put, you know, it's got to have a basement, got to have a garage, mm-hmm. and then got to be a three bedroom. So then, it excludes anything over fifteen hundred square feet to get away from like the big ones, you know. Right. 
So just in your immediate neighborhood, there's another one right on Gratiot that's a nice brick, like all brick. Again, it's smaller. It's a thousand, and that one sold for one forty-eight. So like in that immediate neighborhood, most of the homes that are really similar to yours are like in the one in the I think in the one sixties. Now, if you're seeing something different, I'm gladly take a look at that. But I, but I'm looking at like maybe. Between 157, 160, 60, couple in the high 60, 160s, you know, but then some in the 159, 149. So I, I'm just kind of seeing that as like the, the number for a, a, a 3 2 ranch. But I'm kind of seeing like the retail number is at like 165, which would mean, you know, I would need to get it quite a bit under that to have enough room to. Now again, that's that's probably as is. Like I, none of these look like they're renovated, so you know, a renovated home might pull in some more than that. But I'm just kind of going off. Oh, of, I'm sure it'd pull in a lot more if you came in and renovated it. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to go off of what I see as you know comps in the neighborhood. So as you saw, we had a great conversation about the sold comps in the neighborhood and then logically established with her the market value for a livable condition home is around $165,000. Now that would be if it was clean and maybe new carpet and paint, but not a fully rehabbed home, which again, she clearly stated that she did not want to do that. So next, it's time to drill down on the price. Take a listen. I guess bottom line is what what's your... I mean, what's your cash walkaway number that you would need to get? Um, honestly, about forty-five thousand. You said one forty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's just going to be a little too tight for me to to be able to pick it up at that, or to what be are able you to. Thinking? You, what do you? What did you say you owe on it? Uh, just like seventy-two, seventy-three. Yeah. I'm still going to need to be down like more closer to a hundred thousand for the numbers oh. to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I asked her, what is your cash as is number that you would need to get? And her reply was 145,000. Now I then responded that 145,000 was too high. And she asked what price I was willing to pay. And I said around a hundred thousand. Now I left it vague on purpose to give me a little wiggle room to come up which you'll see in a minute. So next, after an awkward silence, I did the takeaway. Take a listen. You know, like let's say you could get 145, but I I don't think you'll be able to do that without putting some money into it. Mm-hmm. And then go on market and then pay, you know, commissions and closing fees and all of that. But, you know, you you could probably get more if you went on market, if you were willing to be super patient and pay the commissions and put some... Oh. Put right, some time right. into it, you know, like clean it up mm-hmm. and get it emptied well, out. Well, I mean, uh, let me talk to John. Okay. And, I mean, is this maybe a, giving me a little leeway? We can negotiate a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to give you as much as I can, but just if, just so you know, we need to be kind of around there. So if, mm-hmm. if they're, I mean, if you if you can somehow be around there, I I would sure, yeah, I think I could... I think I could come up a little off of that, but not up near 140 or, or, you know, I need to be kind of down closer to a hundred. Yeah. You know, okay. well, let me talk to him. Yeah. And okay. Time to take a look at things. 
But I mean, I can close in two weeks. It's it's a done like it's as is. You don't like just move out, right? Or whenever you want to close, it doesn't have to be two weeks. I'm just telling you, right. I'll make it as easy as possible. No closing fees, no nothing. Just walk out of there with the difference of your payoff on your loan, and right. and you're done, right? So right. No no That's buyers inspect. Yeah, no buyers inspections. If you go on market, for sure what happens is is, is a buyer's going to do an inspection. There'll be a oh, mortgage. No, I know the whole yeah. and it's, nightmare it is. Yeah, it's quite a bit of hassle, but you could get more. I mean, I, I, you would definitely get more if you wanted to, if you were patient and had a lot of time to, to deal with on market. But, right. you know, so you just have to kind of weigh those differences, I think. That's... That's the one benefit of cash, like an investor, is it's just like a done deal, but you get less or go through brain damage and get a little more. <laughs> you know, right. everybody's just kind of different. So I, I totally respect your decision. I, I wouldn't blame you one way or another, but that's just kind of where I would need to be at for it to for it to work out and be worth putting the cash up to to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. So the takeaway technique is basically saying, maybe I'm not the solution for you. Maybe you should go on market so that you can get more money. This establishes that I'm not a motivated buyer and I'm just looking at things objectively. This lowers their guard and actually builds more trust. It's saying you need me, not I need you. Then she asked if I'd be willing to come up from my offer of 100,000, which I said yes a little bit. So think about what's happening here. I've established with her 100,000 is the cash as is price. Now I'm gonna use that low cash offer to make a higher offer using subject two. Take a listen. There's another option where I could probably get you even more and that would be um, if you wanna explore a creative financing option, which, which I can briefly just run by you and then you'll have that option too. Mm-hmm. And the way that works is I would take over your loan that's in place. So uh-huh. you know how you owe 72, which would get paid off anyway? Mm-hmm. Rather than pay that off, I just take it over. So then I'm responsible for that loan now and I make the payments and then give you the difference in cash still at closing. Does that make sense? Oh. Yeah. So it doesn't make a difference to you at the end of the day. You still walk out with the same amount. But what it does for right. me is it... I just assume you buy it outright. Okay. So, I mean, the other option might work for some people. But yeah. No. Some people, it's fine. They don't, it, because then I could pay a little bit more. So, the, so, you know, instead of paying 100, I pay 105 or 110. And then that's mm. five or 10 more in your pocket. And, and your, but, you know, just so you oh, kind of. With the creative financing or. Yeah. So, in other words, if I, if I just took over your loan that you have right now at, let's, what was it, 72 balance owed? Yep. What's your monthly total payment? Like eight eighty three, because I got a high interest rate. How high is your? What's your At rate? Five and a quarter. Yeah. So yeah. The, so, but let's just say I took that over. That's that. That seventy two thousand less in cash that I come to the deal with, and then the difference of seventy two and let's say I'm throwing numbers out there one hundred five. What would that be? That'd be let's call it thirty. 32, 32, 33. Yeah. yeah. You, you get that in cash at closing, Mm -hmm. which if we go the other way and I pay a hundred cash and pay off the loan, then you, the loan still gets paid off. It's, it's no longer your headache anymore. Right. But then, but then you walk out with a little less cash just because 
there's always a cost to cash. Like it's, you know, you got to get a better deal the more cash you put into stuff. Right. You know, just kind of how cash works. But does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I just, I just don't want to end up shorting us, you know, even five to $10,000. You know what I mean? I mean, the more cash you can walk away with, the better for sure. Right. Yeah. So that, that option would get you, you know, about five, five or $6,000 more than if I were to come up with like all the cash. Mm-hmm. And again, it's no difference because one is just, it gets paid off. And the other one is I just take it over. Now, I hope you caught what I did. Whenever you ask a seller to do creative financing, you have to give them something more in exchange for being creative. By telling her I could pay more for the house if she would let me take over her loan, that really motivated her to want to do subject two, and I'm okay paying a little bit more to have less cash to get into the deal. Never forget, cash is king. More cash means I can do more deals with that cash and make even more money. So next she said she needed to talk to her ex about it, which is often a polite way of saying, I don't want to sell you my house, but I don't want to be rude and tell you that. (laughs) So I asked her point blank, where do you stand with my offer? And I loved her answer. Take a listen. I mean, where where do you think he's leaning? Where are you leaning? Like to to empty out and be gone? Well, I would like to wait until January just because of Christmas. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I guess I meant... Where where are you? How are you feeling about that price and doing getting something done here in the next month or so? I feel good about it. We okay. just have to figure out which is going to be maybe the best way to handle everything. Okay. You know, as far yeah. as you know, the options that are available. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of at a hundred cash, one hundred five. If we do that, uh, take over the loan situation, and you know, again, we can we can do it. After the new after the new year, whenever it's convenient for you, and just know that your your net would be the difference there. Like whatever the payoff is, that that difference would be cash cash to you. So her reply was not about the price, but rather that she's trying to decide on either a hundred thousand cash or a hundred and five for subject two. So I love that answer because it let me know either of those is a win. So I called her back the next day and I started out the conversation by building more trust by not talking about the deal. Now I thought about cutting this part out, but I think it's important. In fact, the day before we talked about politics for like 20 minutes. Now remember, people do business with people they like and trust. So make sure you're always building a relationship of trust. Take a listen. Exactly. And I didn't realize I was talking to a millionaire yesterday. Congratulations. (laughs) How did you know that? Oh, I did some research. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I do quite a bit. Uh, did you find some of my videos? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, well, you can go down a rabbit hole there. I think I've got like 600 videos on my channel. Yeah, I thought that. You have quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you see I have? T- I, we're expecting number 10? No. Yeah, I have nine kids and we're expecting number 10 right now. Oh, you are nuts. I know. I don't care how much money you have. You are nuts. Where do babies come from? God. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they do, <laughs> right? You out pretty quick or not spend much time in the same room as your wife. You know what so happened? You her. want to hear a funny story? So after number nine, I mean, we wanted to have a big family. So after number nine, I got a vasectomy. 
and I didn't know this. Well, you apparently you have to drain the lines. Yeah. Yeah. So we got pregnant two weeks after my vasectomy. Great. How old's the next oldest up? That's the thing is we've got, he's a little over one and we're due. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be about 15 or 16 months apart, I think. Ah, uh, that happened to me too. <laughs> uh-huh. There was no vasectomy involved, but yeah, my two are 17 months apart. Yeah, that's, that's getting pregnant with like a six month old, seven month old. Yeah. 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 It was tons of fun. Especially when, my, when their father left. Mm. <laughs> no, even more fun. So, yeah. I'm glad that you guys have a solid marriage to have all those kids. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's a lot of work, but it's fun. He up and decided this isn't quite what I wanted. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. How old were the kids? They, by the time the divorce was final, they were three and four. So that was a little weird, but after joking a little bit about talking about me being a millionaire and having 10 kids, I asked if she had talked to her ex and which way she wanted to go. Now, she explained that she'd like to do the subject to option so she could get more cash at closing, but she wanted to close on the 15th. Take a listen. Um, did you get a chance to talk with John? Where, where are you at? What are you thinking you want to do? Um, yeah, I've talked to Sean, and we're thinking more lines along the lines that you just Paying out the more, or not paying out, but um, uh, taking over the mortgage payment. Uh huh. And doing it that way. Okay. Yeah, it gets more money in your pocket for sure. Well, um, well, yeah. Barbara, I'm I'm excited to work with you and help you out on this one. I mean, so so we'll do we'll do. When do you want to close? Well, that's why I wanted to ask you. Can we do it soon? But I can stay until like January fifteenth. So next we talked about a closing date and we ended up agreeing on January 8th for a closing date. And then she came back and asked if I'd pay 110 instead of 105 for the subject to option. Take a listen. Now, then, I know when we talked yesterday, you said you might be able to negotiate a little bit with me. And I was, you know, wondering, you're offering me right now, what, 105? Yeah. Is there any way you could help me out and go like 110? I mean, my life has been rough since I was 18 years old. And I've never had anybody cut me a break. Yeah. I want to help you. I mean, I, I do want to make it a win-win. I mean, can you split the difference with me and we go 107.5? Yeah, goodness. I'd rather have the 110, or, you know, the 110. Could, if we did what? If we did 110, could we, do you think you could be out sooner than the 8th? Quite possibly. I can make it happen. If we could get it done by the, um, by the 30th, that's in three weeks from today. Mm-hmm. Then I'll, then I'll go to your 110 if you could, if you could commit to being, you know, closing and moved out by the 30th. So after going back and forth, I decided to come up to 110 if she would agree to close sooner, which she did. So let me review the numbers again. I'm getting this deal for 110,000 subject to the existing loan, which is actually 78,000, not 72,000 like she originally thought. So to close this deal, approximately 32,000 is needed in cash, 
which is the difference of 110,000 and 78,000 on the loan. The livable condition carpet paint value of this home is approximately 165,000. And if rehabbed, it will sell for like 190,000. So from here, I have to decide, am I gonna keep it and flip it or wholesale it to a local cash buyer? Now, let's talk briefly about structuring a subject to deal. There is a lot of moving parts. There's loan payoffs and power of attorneys and loan authorization forms and special insurances and payment servicing. So if you plan on doing a lot of subject to deals, I highly recommend you invest in learning all of the steps. But honestly, I don't worry about any of it and I turn the entire thing over to my creative financing specialist who will handle the entire thing, including title, and they can even do an assignment of subject to contract, which is exciting for wholesalers. Literally, all I do is call them and tell them I have a verbal subject to agreement with a seller and they'll step in and take it from there and work directly with that seller on the subject to purchase agreement, all of the paperwork, ordering title work, and handling everything to get the deal to closing. They're amazing and like I said, they can do it in all 50 states. So if you'd like me to share that contact with you, just leave a comment and say, Jerry, you are a flipping genius. Please share with me your subject to specialist and I'll give you their contact info. Now, be sure to tell them that Jerry Norton referred you so they'll hook you up. And if you liked this Watch Me Style video where I put together this subject to deal, you'll love a video I did where you get to watch me put together a seller financing deal on a different deal. Now, this is another powerful creative financing strategy. So watch that now, and if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to my channel. With over 600 videos, this is the number one channel on YouTube for all things wholesaling and flipping, and I'll see you on the next video.